Uh, good morning, Natural Resources. Hi, I'm calling for Jeep. Speaking to him. Hi, it's Melissa. Hey, Melissa. I'm Melissa Townsend, and that's Gerald Roberts, or just Jeep. How you doing? Oh, pretty good. He's an Anishinaabe elder, and he lives on the White Earth Reservation. This is our first conversation, but over the next few weeks, Jeep and I will spend hours on the phone. Same with Kayla Gordon. She's from the Red Cliff Band of Lake Superior, Chippewa, but she lives outside White Earth. How would you like to introduce yourself? I'll do it in Ojibwe. Okay. She's 29 years old. She's a mob, a full-time student, and she's got a job. They posted on Facebook that I was going to be doing this. Oh, cool. Yeah. What did people say when you told them you were doing this? Like, you're going to do great. You're the perfect person for this. You are. Thanks. Keela and Jeep each have a story they want to tell you, and I'm here to help. Is it okay that I'm recording for broadcast? Wow, sure. It all starts with one woman. Introduce myself. Where do I say? Who am I? (laughs) (laughs) Big question. Her name is Susan Bolio from the Red Lake Nation. She lives with her family near Brainerd in rural Minnesota. She works with tribal communities, teaching strategies to heal from historical trauma and ACEs, adverse childhood experiences, or traumas that happen when we're young. My passion really is working with tribal communities, reconnecting to those things that made our communities strong. Kayla Gordon, Jeep Roberts, and Susan Bolio have started a journey, shaking loose from depression, addiction, and dissociation, and walking with more laughter, lightness, and love. Because of COVID-19, Susan, Jeep, Kayla, and I are on the phone. And, and, I, and I say awareness. We're talking about how lots of people have learned to be quiet about the trauma in their lives. For me, my primary coping strategy had been dissociation, like checking out. And I feel like in the work, that I do in tribal communities, and I don't know if you see this too, Jeep, but it's like when things get to be too much for people in our communities, we tend to just check out. Like that's sort of been our coping mechanism to be able to survive. Do you know what I mean? Yep, yep. I mean, you hit it right on the head. And I don't know if it goes back to the, the historical trauma part of it. That's the way we were taught to deal with it, you know, just step back and, and not let it control us, I guess. I, I got an uncle staying with me right now, and, you know, he's 75, I think it is. Knows a little bit about, you know, the old boarding schools, got friends that been there. When you talk to anybody that age about it, it's exactly what Susan said. I mean, it's, they shut down. They don't want to talk about it. You know, when you think about even just the the boarding school piece of it and how as children, when they're taken from their communities, their families, and everything they know is stripped away from them. Mm-hmm. That's an incredible loss and grief that happens. It's an incredible trauma that happens. And one of the only ways as a child, the only way they could really sort of survive that was by shutting down. Kayla says this makes her think about her mom. And I, I remember my mom always saying before she passed away, oh, I don't want to talk about it. I'll tell you when you're older. I'll tell you when you're older. Hmm. There's a lot of stuff that I still don't know about that happened. Maybe I'll never know. Yeah. No, I always go back to my mother because my mother raised us by herself, really. And you know, once I sobered up and came home, I came up, you know, one morning and sat, talked to her. And that was kind of the first times 
that we've ever just sat and talked, you know, how each other is feeling and so on. Yeah. Got up and uh, gave her a hug and told her I loved her. You know, that was something I learned in treatment. But as far as between me and my mother, and, and you know, it never happened that often. I can remember that one time. Susan says yes. She's heard this from a number of Native people over the years. Native people will talk about how, you know, their parents never never hugged them or never said that they loved them. And I think one of the important things to remember about, like, emotions, when you shut yourself down to protect yourself, that means that you shut yourself off to all of the good feelings, too. I am blown away by this. I never thought about that before. When you shut off the grief and anger and sadness... You also shut off happiness and love. It's not like a faucet. If you shut off the hot water, you can still get the cold water. If you shut off your feelings, you shut off all the water. And we can't live without water. When we don't move through whatever it is that happened to us, it festers inside of us, almost almost like an infection. So as soon as we are able to start talking about that, it helps to open it up. So that's the first step. So Jeep, Susan, and Kayla have decided to start talking. I think about how many Anishinaabe say this is the time of the seventh fire, the time to revitalize strong, healthy Native communities. And so it makes sense that this might be the time for each tribal member and citizen to honor the past and consider talking to someone you trust about what's happened in your life. Begin to turn all the water back on. I think it's really important that we remember that the way that we coped with it, it helped to keep us alive. It helped us to survive. But perhaps now some of those same strategies are harmful. And so to thank our inner wisdom for those coping strategies that helped us to survive, but now recognizing that we want to shift back into thriving mode. But Kayla points to a problem. For her, there are people in her life who don't want to talk. And they don't really want her to talk either. Now that I've been opening up about it, people get upset, like my family. You know, they don't want it out there. And I understand that. I don't want to make anyone feel bad, you know. We're all doing the best we can with what we know. Yeah. Yeah. It's just something that has shaped my life, and I know it does them too. I can hear Kayla's dilemma. And this is when Susan shares some wisdom that she once heard from Larry Stillday an elder from Red Lake who has now passed. She says, at the time, it came out of the blue. I remember, Melissa, when he first told me this, I was like, what is he talking about? I had no (laughs) idea what he was talking about. But what he said is, he said, so family systems are like like a mobile, you know, like that used to be over a child's crib. And so he said, we all in our families have these roles that we've either chosen to play or sort of been pushed into playing, right? And when we each play those, it helps keep balance in the family. Again, And she says when one person tries to shift that, to get out of that role, that makes it unbalanced, and it makes everyone really uncomfortable. If you change, everyone else has to shift a little bit too, whether they're ready or not. And so unconsciously, they try to get you back into that role. But if we stay constant in that change, like we don't budge from that, then everybody else has to shift and readjust around us. And a new normal is created. And When Larry Stillday was telling her this, Susan was like, what? That was six years ago. 
But now, Susan says she totally gets it. And I literally have seen that happen in my family. And as each person in my family continues to sort of shift out of the old patterns and habits, it shakes everything up for a while for everyone. But this whole new normal, which is so much healthier, is coming to be. And it, it started with me. It makes me think there's a time for humility and holding your tongue. And there's a time for you to stand up and lead your whole family to something new. Kayla and Jeep and Susan are beginning to peel back the layers of trauma that have been passed down to them. So life will be different for their children and their grandchildren. And they want to tell you what all of this is like. So maybe when you're ready, you'll come along on this journey too. Like the Yanashinabe who set off to look for the food that grows on water. It's a journey that will benefit the next seven generations. Thank you so much. Uh, Bye. Talk soon. Okay, Melissa. Sounds good. Have a great day. Oh, you too. Okay, bye. Next time, Kayla takes a test that changes her life. Join us next time. This is A Mile in My Moccasins on Niji Radio, serving the White Earth Nation. I'm Melissa Townsend. Shimigwech, and thank you to Kayla Gordon, Jeep Roberts, and Susan Bolio for sharing their stories. Kim Lage, KJ Henschel, Maggie Rosu, Leah Lem, and Aaron Warhol for editorial contributions, and Dan Luke for some of the music in our series. Programming is made possible through a grant to the White Earth Land Recovery Project from the Minneapolis Foundation Catalyst Initiative and with support from Ampers, Diverse Radio for Minnesota's Communities. To hear more episodes in this series and to learn more about collective trauma, ACEs, or adverse childhood experiences, visit whiteearthhealing.org. That's whiteearthhealing.org. Take care.